0: You can't keep everyone, you can't pay everyone. It's just not how the game works. Unless you're Joe Sakic, Unless you're a goddamn wizard. Hey. 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 Gonna... Welcome back to Frosty Talks. I'm your host, Dylan Ryan. Man, I know we're all looking forward to a new year, and definitely looking forward to the end of 2020 but it felt more like a uh, hissing out the old year than celebrating in the new one and uh what better way to start the new year than with some hockey the NHL returns today it's finally here and they absolutely nailed it with the slate of games that they're doing the uh, The Pittsburgh Penguins versus the Philadelphia Flyers, going to be so much fun. That starts off the day. Then you have the Canadians versus the Leafs. Beautiful game. Austin Matthews over there, that's going to tear it off. Chicago, Tampa, that one's a little weak, not going to lie. Tampa's more than likely going to just roll over Chicago. And then Canucks, Oilers, that's going to be a blast. The Oilers got absolutely Embarrassed by Chicago in the playoffs last year. I kind of see them looking for blood after an embarrassing exit to the playoffs at the hands of, like, set Chicago. So, we'll see. Canucks also just absolutely surprised in the playoffs, going way farther than anyone even expected, even myself. They definitely put my brain in a bread basket there. But... It's going to be a great game. Canucks, Oilers, can't see that one being a snooze fest at all. And then, a better way to top it off than with the Blues versus the Avalanche. Two well-established rivals just battling it out in one of the probably weakest divisions. But God, it's going to be so much fun. Not going to lie, I'm taking the over in every single one of these games i just i think the forwards probably had more chance to train like in this off season without as much contact as you usually can that's like my personal thinking on it like whereas the goalies i can't see them getting much shots off like who's like they're all quarantined at home like who who's shooting on them like do they have like a machine, or do they just have like their kids like shooting pucks at them? Cause that's not an NHL level. So there's no way that they've been training quite to the degree in my mind that the, <laughs> that the forwards have. Like, I think they, I, I think there's going to be some good goaltending performances, especially Andre Vasilevsky. He's playing with the Lightning and they get to go against the Blackhawks. So there's a chance that that one goes under. But then you look at the absolute star power on the Lightning, and you're like, "Mm, no, never mind. They're just going to pepper shots at whoever the starting goaltender is for the Blackhawks. I think it's Malcolm Subban. But it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. The Lightning would be able to put up enough goals themselves, I would bet, to hit that over. I'm just going to assume... Every single one of these are at five and a half, and I'm taking every single one of them. That is my like blanket bet. If I'm taking... I'm a money line man. That's just who I am. I will always do that. And I'm taking Philadelphia on the money line for Pittsburgh versus Philadelphia. And Pittsburgh's good, but I think Philadelphia's really tooled it around... And they, they just look so good. Like, they're going to be a very... I think they're going to be a very good team this year, especially if kata can get the... Um, if he can get, like, going really hot. He looked phenomenal in the playoffs. If he just keeps that play going into the regular season, like, obviously, the Flyers are going to be phenomenal. And then they get Oscar Lindbom back... After he defeated cancer over the off season, not this off season, he had to miss bits of the season. Doesn't matter. He's back. He's playing. He beat it, and they found no traces when they did tests on him again. So he is phenomenal, healthy, and I'm taking Philly. Canadians, Leafs. I'm taking the Leafs unless Carey Price stands on his head. The Leafs front top six like it, it outclasses the Canadians. It just does. But you never know, with that all-Canadian division, there's gonna be some sweet rivalries there. But, we're going with the Leafs, money on, Tampa, money on, done. Who cares? Like, I'm watching the game, but like, who cares? Like, there's no way. There's no way. None. Tampa wins, taking the bank, that's the lock. Uh, Canucks versus Oilers? Canucks! I'm thinking. I'm taking the Canucks. The Oilers did a very Oilers thing over the offseason where they identified the need of a goaltender and decided to do fuck all about it and just said, nah, we're good, never mind, nah. So even though Connor McDavid is McJesus and can do magical things with a puck and can score literally from anywhere on the ice, I just can't. The Canucks are a more well-rounded team, the depth there, they're, they're probably. I think they're going to take that one. Plus, their goaltending's better. I like this. Was, we don't know anything about where these teams are yet. I I'm going to say that we're just taking a better goaltender, like the Canucks have a better goaltender. This is what we're doing. Blues, Avalanche. I it's I hate betting on my own team because if they lose and then I I lose money, it's like a double whammy, a pain. Like, it's just, it's asking for a bad time. Like, that is my most wholehearted gambling advice that I can give to anyone, is just don't bet on your own team. Like, yeah, the high of winning, is like watching your team winning and winning money, is like a euphoria that is unmatched. But the low is just so so low. And maybe I'm saying this because I'm also a Broncos fan and my luck will turn this year just betting money line on the avalanche all year. But it it was it's painful. It's painful. Don't do it. Just don't. But on that one, I'm probably just gonna take I'm still gonna take it. I'm doing it. It's the first game of the year. I'm gonna have to experience the low. Fuck it. <laughs> Or they're going to get the high because let's just be honest with ourselves here. And me. The Habs are probably one of the best teams in the league. Like, they're number two in the power rankings. The only one above them is the Stanley Cup champion, Tampa Bay Lightning. So we're coming for that ass, Tampa. Don't you worry. But the big thing here is we got a season and it's going to be amazing. All these games, slates, it's, it's beautiful. Five games to start off an NHL season. I'm going to watch every single one. I'm going to watch every fucking minute of it I can. From this day forward, there is not a single day without NHL hockey on the television screen. Like, there's a game every single day. If your team, your favorite team's not playing, I guarantee there's another team going on. Watch them. Enjoy the hell out of the hockey. It's here. And it will be a glorious season. And honestly, I'm just stoked that it's happening. Because for a little bit there, I'm not going to lie, it got a little dicey. I thought that there might not even be a season. Like, Batman even came out earlier, came out pretty recently, and said, like, we're expecting billion-dollar losses here, and we don't care. We understand just how important hockey is to our players and to our fans like we're going to do this we have to do this so like appreciate the fact that we have hockey in the first place so watch every fucking game you can and also don't even think about complaining about how there's ads on anything like sure there's ads on the divisions but who gives a shit there's a season happening and it's not like it's a permanent thing and even if it is who gives a shit There's a phenomenal product out on the ice. And the best way to get rid of, like, sponsorships on the helmets and on, like, divisions, if you're really that pissy about it, is to grow the game, get more people interested in hockey so that it makes more money so that they don't have to put ads on things that they don't need to. The NFL makes a billion dollars every damn, like, second So, of course, they don't need to name any of the divisions. But the NHL isn't that big. Grow the game if you don't like ads on helmets and if you don't like ads on the divisions. But you can't go out and complain about it when they're taking billion-dollar losses just to put a smile on their fans' faces. It's bullshit. Just enjoy the game. Watch the game. You're never going to notice that the division is named that. You're not going to give a shit if there's an ad on the top of a helmet while Nathan McKinnon's putting up 70 points in 56 games. I still think he gets 80 in reality, but come on. Don't don't complain about things that make the game happen. It's an unfortunate circumstance. There's not fans in the stands. Once there's fans in the stands, then yeah, they're probably going to get rid of the ads. Man, if they stay, guess what? They're making more money to make the game better in the long term. Do you think the... Like, just just enjoy the games. Just watch hockey. There's so many... There's five games today. There's a game every single day for the next, like, 112 days. Is that not the ideal situation? Like, it's going to be great. It's not the normal season by any means, but it's going to be absolutely beautiful And they finally, finally got it figured all out. It took them to the last minute because that's what the NHL does. But they got it figured out, and Batman got his shit together, and they got a season put out and a product there, and they started it with the perfect slate of games. Ten teams, and a bunch of them are in the top ten. Two of them are the top two. you got number one and two playing in different games, and guess who's number two sitting right there? Colorado Avalanche. Yeah, I I can't not talk about the team. Like they're one, they're beautiful, one of the best looking teams in the league. Can't deny that. When you got Man Rocket Gabriel Landeskog out there, he's he's now the hottest man in the NHL. Especially since Henry Glundquist will be missing the season. Unfortunately, we'll get into that one later. But Gabriel Landis Thrones now the hottest man in the NHL. The fastest man in the NHL, Nathan McKinnon's on the ice. We go ranting Big Moose. We know how good all three of those guys are. Now the NHL knows exactly how good Cale McCarr is after giving him the Calder Trophy. Absolute stellar season. Totally deserved that Calder Trophy. Which reminds me, go to the Frystux.com store. There's a Calder Kale t-shirt there. Support the podcast. This is how we keep ourselves going. Thank you. But seriously, Kale McCarr. Beautiful. Dude, where's my car? It's in the net. He's absolutely going to tear up the league for the next 10 years. However long he plays. And then the rest of the team is just loaded. Joe Sackick was a wizard over the offseason the Avalanche were one of the top teams to win these in the entire entire league last year they were a top pick to win the Stanley Cup all year last year usually when that happens there's a bit of a regression a player leaves, whatever it, it happens, like something goes down, you can't keep everyone you can't pay everyone, it's just not how the game works unless you're Joe Sakic unless you're a goddamn wizard no Joe Sakic was able to take one of the best teams and make it even better in the offseason like substantially better and he gave up nothing for it nothing they didn't have to trade away a single top tier prospect not a single high high pick like they didn't give up a first round draft pick at all he gave up with two first rounders for Davon Taves, who is now going to be a top pair defenseman with Kale McCart. Two first, two second-round picks for a guy that plays just like Kale McCart, but with a little bit more polish to his game because he's been in the league longer. He's not as talented as Kale, but he has that puck stretching pass. He's got the ability to shoot and snipe from anywhere on the ice as well. He's got a hell of a slapper, and he's been in the league longer, so he's got a little bit of composure on his defensive side. Tails young; we gotta remember that. He may be playing like a goddamn animal every single night, but he still still can't legally drink in his in the country. So, give him a little slack on the defense. Now we're gonna pair him with someone that can that can help him with that. It's going to be it's. It was a beautiful addition. It's going to be phenomenal. That defensive blue line pairing is great. The rest of the defense is just as good, especially when Eric Johnson gets back and able to play. But even then, we would just replace him with another first-round draft pick top prospect. Joe Sakic is a wizard. He just keeps bringing in better and better players. And he already has some of the best. He also was able... To get Brandon Sod from the Blackhawks for pretty much next to nothing. Like it was very sad to see Miko or not Miko. Jeez, Nikita Zadorov go. But I mean, when you return, when you look at it, the return was we gave we gave Zadorov the Avalanche gave Zadorov to the Blackhawks and took. Davon Taves to replace him from the Islanders, and then also added in a top six forward in Brandon Sott. Who has won the Stanley Cup and has experience in the playoffs to help get the Avs over that last hump? Because that is another thing. That's an issue. It doesn't with the Avs. doesn't matter how absolutely nuts talented they are when they don't have that sandpaper grit to get them over the hump. Like All teams need that, and the Avs are bringing that in to match their top-end talent. And that's why they're the betting favorites to win the Stanley Cup this year. I also have a future on them. Disclaimer. But they are clearly their favorites. The only real question mark, per se, with them is is the goaltending. I mean, Phil Grubauer is a lights-out starter when healthy, like that is an unfortunate big bold because he's not as healthy. He's not healthy all the time. He's not as healthy. Uh, he's not healthy as much as you want him to be. Like this year, this is going to be a good year for him though because last year he started 36 games and they're projecting to start him for about 65 percent, which is 36 games. So I think he'll be able to stay healthy and then Pavel Alfonso. Dude was awesome when he was in. He had one of the highest save percentages in the league. He also got hurt. So once again, goaltending health is just the only issue for the Avalanche. It seems like eh, well, every single team has the uh, you know, they, they, that's an that that injury threat is an in- That's a issue for every single team, but that's. That looks like it's only the only real issue for the Avalanche. They don't have that big of a gaping hole as long as the goaltenders stay healthy. No big goals. And the none. It's it's and I'm biased, I'll be honest, but that depth is phenomenal. The team looks great. They are poised for a very, very good year. I'm not gonna make predictions. I will Bet on them heavily to win, but I am not going to outwardly predict that they're gonna do it. Because guess what? It's really fucking hard to win a Stanley Cup. So hard. Like, do you know how many times the president's trophy winner, the guy the team that's the best in the entire league, wins the Stanley Cup the same year? Like four times ever. So, yeah, it's like if, even if the Avs are like the best team in the NHL, it doesn't mean they're going to win at all. They need to be able to win it in the playoffs. That's all that matters. But we're getting ahead of ourselves at that point. We still have to see how they're going to do in the regular season. We still have to see how like, – they still have to get to the playoffs. I'd be shocked if they didn't make it, but it's a brick-by-brick it's, it's brick process. And the Avs have – got a damn good foundation to get that team – into the playoffs and to win a shitload of games this year and so I said depth everything but you know what probably the best the the easiest way for them to get in the playoffs is just to play the games because they are in the absolute weakest division in the NHL so with the whole division realignment because well Canada isn't letting their teams travel into the US and teams travel in whatever so they made it work and guess what it honestly it looks pretty fucking lit to have an all Canadian division that's going to explode that's just gonna look crazy all year there's there's gonna be 10 battles of Albertas there were only 3 last year and there was a goalie fight and there was a fight in a full blown brawl in pretty much every single game only one goalie fight but that's enough for me there's probably gonna be like 2 or 3 this year Anything that gives me ten Battle of Albertas, I'm good with it. And then think of all the other, all of the other rivalries. We'll get into those a little bit. But with the Avs, man, there that division is just absolutely it. It's weak. It it just is. The Avalanche are going to be able to beat up on every single California team. San Jose. Anaheim, Like, unless Gibson can stand on his head every single game he plays, then they don't really have – they don't have a chance to win that division. And they'll be able to beat up on the Kings. Oh, guess what? Minnesota's in that division too. They – no, they're they, – they don't have their overall depth. or are in each team. No, nah, nah, it's not going to work. The only real big competition – the blues and the knights. It's just how it's gonna go. Like it's those are the top three teams in the West Division. Everyone else below that, like it's not great. Most of those like without the expanded playoffs, those are the only three teams that make the playoffs. So I think that's just how it's gonna end up shaking out for the division. It just looks so much weaker than the rest of them. And Speaking of the rest of the divisions, like which one is probably the strongest? I don't know. It's we're gonna have to genuinely look to see, but I think it's the North, the Canadians, man. Like they have one less team than everyone, so that's why you're having like 10 Battle of Albertas. And I think, well, wow, that's just that is going to be the most fun division by far. Not only is it the most comp like competitive, it's going to be the most entertaining to watch. It's going to have the most games where you have to turn to like a must tune in. Every single Battle of Alberta, like I said, 10 of them, you got every single one of those. Those are tune in like must watch television. Uh, also, the, uh, in the, by the way, that is, uh, Calgary and Edmonton. Now, as for the rest, I mean, any of them when you play the same team 10 times just like some bad blood is going to develop I could see the Leafs and the Canadians those guys are going to be pissy with each other it's like who's the real team in Canada it's like, it's like I don't know we're going to find out though and it's going to be lit I guarantee then also you have it's it's a that's just the strongest division Ottawa's probably down there at the bottom they did they did pick up some decent uh decent players though. I'm not gonna lie, they're they like they're improving. They're not getting worse. Like they haven't gotten worse from last year. That's all I can say for them. Leafs, they actually they actually do look a little bit better. I'm not gonna lie. Like they 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 could make some pretty damn good noise in that division. I think personally I'm, I'm taking the leaves to win that division. I, I don't think that's really a bold statement either. Uh, but take a look for the Canucks to put a really close race on that one. The, they're, they're fun. Elias Peaty. Come on. Dude's, dude is an absolute young star. Like, he's so much fun to watch. Now that the Calderas Trophy, that's all over with. I have no more bad blood against uh, Quinn Hughes. I have no reason to slander. Dude's a phenomenal player. He's going to be absolutely electric for for years to come. For them, I Kale and him are probably going to be up there for the Norris every single year for the next ten years. It's going to it's going to be like a rivalry between players almost, but. Not really, because the only trophy that truly matters is the cup. Like I said, and then like I said, Leafs—they're going to win. Is that's my final answer on that one. But like, but also the Canucks. That's that's the strongest. That's easily the strongest one. West weak, just it's not like softest baby shit week, but it's a weak division. Central that is the next weakest. It's it's a better division, and then you have the. East, that is probably the next toughest. When you have teams like Boston, then you have the Islanders, the Rangers. Come on. They got Lafayette. They were in the playoffs. They actually, they didn't look good, but they, it they could be, they, they might be able to. And if Igor's just Durkin, if he develops like real quick and looks real good right away, he could definitely steal some games for the Rangers. As for the Flyers, I already mentioned, they just look so good with Oscar Lindbaum, uh with Kevin Hayes, out there kind of hot. Like, I can't see them really... I can't see them winning it when there's Boston and um, when Pittsburgh's in that division as well, and Boston and Washington. Like, that's going to be a very tough division. But I do... I. I can see him I'm t- probably gonna end up taking the Capitals ooh that's a that's a difficult one Pittsburgh's in the division too there's a man named Sidney Crosby there that taught Nathan McKinnon all he knows about the hockey yeah shit 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 but the Capitals they picked up Big Z yeah so uh Big Z left the, left the B's and now he's in DC. Like, since Dane is a capital, him, those, him and Ovi, that's just going to be delightful to watch on those two on the same team. I think that's going to be fun. But their goaltending situation is now very shaky. Due to Henry Glundquist having to miss the entire season, And Boston they definitely did not. They were great. They were molly-whopping everyone up until the uh, shutdown last year, but they didn't look good in the playoffs, and they didn't exact. They didn't get any better. They actually got worse in the off season. Buffalo got better, but it's Buffalo. They don't. Besides Jack Eichel and Taylor Hall, like they got. Actually, they have a pretty. Good top six, but other than that, like, not, mm, no, absolutely not. New Jersey, mm, not a no. Islanders, Barzell did sign. No, nah, probably not. I have to take, my God, I'm taking the Flyers. I'm taking the Flyers to win the East. It's just, I think they have a lot of depth. And a lot of grit, and probably the best goaltending tandem in the division. That's really what it boils down to, for me on that one. As for the central, like I said, they're they're not quite as weak as the West. Carolina and Tampa are phenomenal. they obviously Tampa won the cup last year. The But they did lose Nikita Kucherov for the entire regular season. He might be able to play in the playoffs. Who knows? We'll see. But that definitely puts a big, like, that's a big asterisk, like, question mark on them. So we're going to have to see. Can they overcome that? I mean, I think they can, especially in the division with Columbus, where Pierre uh, Luc Dubois wants to leave Dallas. They didn't get any better. And Detroit, uh, yeah Detroit's trash Florida trash but at least they'll be allowed to have about 25% capacity of fans I mean I mean that's just normal but whatever yeah. sorry Florida fans if any of y'all were listening dude, it's just so easy and it's, it's just low-winging fruit and also I've never met a Florida Panthers fan and I, one day I would like to I think they would be a lot of fun to tailgate with the Predators I don't know I don't think they would be uh I don't think they're a big uh challenger they don't have the depth to challenge someone like Tampa Bay um also I think Nashville fans would be a great uh tailgate crew except I, I can't I can't tailgate with them because they're in my division normally and can't do it like mm no uh, maybe this year if they were tailgating in their fun new divisions which I think I kind of want the Canadian division to stay forever because it just looks like so much fun but well, well yeah because then if they just open it up and they can play anyone once all the things like once all the restrictions and all the like the all the COVID stuff goes away Like, then they could play anyone, but you just have an all-Canadian division for the constant rivalries. Yeah, I mean, I've talked myself into it that quickly. I think the Canadian division should probably stay forever. I think that would just be a great, great time. And it also guarantees that at least one Canadian team is in the playoffs every single year. And while you might think that, oh, that's playing favoritism to, like, Canadians or something like that, yeah, a little bit but also think about it this way the Canadian market is pretty big if they love their hockey and they spend a lot of money you should probably always make sure they're happy and also it it just as long as it's like any of these games are televised they're all must watch hockey on those rivalries an all Canadian division like there is zero love loss between the Canadian teams I don't Like, some, like with the NFL, for example, sometimes people will be like, oh, I just want the AFC to win. Or better yet, like the camaraderie in college, like in the Big Ten, like you want all the, the Big Ten teams to win a bowl game. But unless they're playing your team, like, unless it's a Big Ten bowl game against each other. Or same with the SEC. You literally count which conference wins the most all games. It's like that with the Canadians in the divisions. You want the Canadians in the playoffs. You want to see them win. But the exact opposite in the sense that the Canadians will not root for anyone else. So it does not matter who gets in to the playoffs if only one Canadian team makes it they ain't rooting for them to win the Stanley Cup if the Leafs are in the Stanley Cup Finals and it's going to be the first time a Canadian team wins the Cup in 26 te- years they're not rooting for the Leafs if they're any of the other Canadian fans they're like I'd rather see the drought continue than watch a rival team so so it's, it would just create the biggest, biggest set of rivalries and just chippy games. Everything would just be so much more electric, vibrant, everything about it. Just, ah, I couldn't imagine anything better than an all-Canadian division for a little bit longer. Especially, as long as they're allowed to, play, like, they have to be playing other teams, obviously, and there. And maybe you gotta tweak it, so. Or maybe not. Who knows? I think it would work. The only thing is, Seattle would probably end up being in the all Canadian division, and then it's no longer an all Canadian division. It's all Canadian division in Seattle. (laughs) Uh, I think it would work. I think it'd be a lot of fun. I couldn't. I think it'd be lit, especially considering there'd be a shitload of uh, Battle of Albertas couldn't imagine anything better than watching 10 of those and we're going to do it this year and it starts today not the battle of Alberta but the NHL I can't I'm like I'm just gonna keep saying that to remind myself because it just feels so good it's like a little burst of serotonin moving on into it let's get into a little bit of the business side of the NHL I mentioned it earlier on uh, Henrik Lundqvist he had to miss the entire NHL season due to heart surgery. It was successful, but, yeah. Unfortunately, the hottest man in the NHL will be out for the entire year, and, man, unfortunately, I'm not going to cre- skepticize because maybe stepping back for an entire year will give him enough time to recover, but he's he's quite a bit older, and uh, getting heart surgery is not something easy to come back from so it's going to be a quite a bummer if this is the way that henry Lundqvist's career ends getting bought out by the new york rangers and uh, then have to undergo heart surgery like but he will always be known as the king of new york in all reality like that 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 nickname is not going away ever he's the king he's hank and if this is the end, then he had one hell of a career. That should put him in the Hockey Hall of Fame, honestly. We'll see, though. But it was quite a bummer from that one. And uh, Kirby Doc, he broke his wrist at the Will Juniors. He's out four to five months for the Blackhawks. And in another kick to the dick for the Blackhawks, Jonathan Taze has been sidelined indefinitely with an illness. Not, no idea what it is. There is absolutely like hockey come on the NHL does not tell like when a player like breaks their neck it's an upper body injury come on there's no way and I'm not gonna guess on it that's in bad taste but speaking of the World Juniors with the Kirby Doc the USA 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 beat Team Canada in the World Juniors for the gold medal in a 2-0 Spencer Knight with the shutout. It was the first shutout in a gold medal game in nine years, and it was a phenomenal game. All the juniors players played phenomenal. Some of the Avs guys on the the, uh, Canadian team, they looked pretty damn good. Kirby Dock, obviously, he's with the Blackhawks. You never got to play. Just read the name on accident, said it. Alex Newbrook, he's playing with him. He scored a goal in 11 seconds in his first game back after missing some time during the tournament. Bowen Byram, he played lights out, absolutely walked the blue line the whole tournament perfectly, sniping pucks from there. Great, great player. And he will be joining the Avalanche on Saturday, actually. Kind um, of confused on why he wasn't able to uh, join the team right away. Considering some of the Team Canada, some of the other players for the Canadian team, they all hopped on a private jet together and flew down to Canada or down to uh, California to play for their respective teams, and they got to join right away. But Bo can't do it when he's when he's flying back to to Colorado. I don't get it. Like, is Cali just getting a little bit of special treatment on that? Like, what? What the fuck? Now it's probably just because, you know, I think Bo just went home because he wanted to see his family because he's from the area. And, uh, then he broke quarantine, whereas the other guys didn't break quarantine from the time the tournament started until they hopped on the plane. And, to, like, they still probably haven't really broken a quarantine. But still, like, was the, op- I just want to know if the option was there. Like, was the option for Bo to, like, jump, like, could could the avalanche have sent him a private plane to like show up right away? And it's not like they need to. They have such depth on that D line that they really don't need Bo and Byram to be there right away. So eh, it's not a big deal. I'm really genuinely not all that pissed. I say ironically, um, but it doesn't matter because Team USA still won the World Juniors. Moving on to the NHL. Corey Crawford has decided to retire. He signed a deal with New Jersey in the offseason after Chicago let him walk. He never, obviously, didn't play playing a single game with them. And uh, I guess he retires a Blackhawk with two Stanley Cups after, I believe, 13 seasons. And once again, another great career. He decided to go out on his own terms, and uh, he was battling... I mean, he was battling a lot of uh, concussions later in the years. So, you know, this is probably him thinking and deciding this is best for his health and support that all the way through. And uh, congratulations to a phenomenal career on, to Corey Crawford. And then Jay Bomeister retired. Unfortunately, we kind of saw that one coming. He had 17 years in the uh, NHL, won a Stanley Cup with the Blues, but after seeing him collapse on a bench mid-game uh, due to a heart palpitation, I believe. Uh, I might be mistaken, misspoken there, but after seeing that scary, scary event happen, like, it's really no shock that he's decided to hang up the skates. Um, so, yeah, I mean, in reality, that's... It was kind of I've seen comings, unfortunately. There's there's just so much more uh, that happened in the business side of the NHL over the, the off season, but that don't matter now because the season's here and we're going into talking on the NHL, and that's all we're doing from here on out, from every episode forward. It's just the NHL, and you can also catch up on more of the stuff that happened over the off season. We're blogging it pretty well at frostytalks.com. There's a lot there. Check it out. It's a lot of fun. And it really helps support the podcast. So appreciate it. Now, moving on into the NFL. Because we're still going. We have the first super wildcard weekend of all time. And shit. I got I to admit, it was pretty fucking super. It was I complained. There's clips of me somewhere complaining saying the NFL had it right. They did not need to expand the playoffs in any way. They they had it perfect. There were two games this day, two games that day. That was the wild card. You moved on and we just kept going. I think I might have been wrong because two days in a row with 10 hours of commercial-free football, playoff football, on Saturday and Sunday was awesome. Every game... eh, okay, Not every game, but most of the games were pretty damn good. I think you can uh, guess which one was probably the worst, and it it involved the Chicago Bears. Like, no doubt. Their offense is so painful to watch. It's... I don't know how Bears fans do it, man, but, like, my team wasn't in the playoffs, so... Like, I can't really shit-talk that much. But, that yeah, was a boring game. The Saints trounced them. If you watched it on the Nickelodeon broadcast, you probably had a great time. And, i going to lie, if you took a little... It made it so much better. It was an acid trip on the field. There was slime. The first down marker was, like, double the width. There was slime everywhere on it. They hit first slime cannons for the fucking end zone celebration. It was... It was awesome. It really... The slime cannons made scoring a touchdown in such a low-scoring, boring affair that much more satisfying. Like, you saw the cannons go off, and you were like, Finally, give me the slime! It was so much... It was great. On, like... I was not expecting the kid announcers to be nearly as, as good as they were. Like, I don't, I cannot remember her name, but the girl, she was great. She asked some weird questions. She somehow got one of the announcers to explain on live national television what football players do when they have to go to the bathroom during a game and the strength it must have taken. To not mention the fact that Lamar Jackson most likely, come on, he's, he told us he was getting an idea, but if you saw the film, that man looked like he was running to take a shit. The strength it must have taken to not make a Lamar Jackson joke in that moment must have been unreal. And the other dude, the other kid announcer for the Nickelodeon broadcast, Lex Lumpkin, what a fucking name! Way better than Booger McFarland, like hire him, put him on every sideline in America. He was great. He somehow he seemed to connect with the like Cam Jordan at the end of the game. He was like, hell yeah, man, like we're having a good time. Do you think you can get Sean Payton over here? I want to slime him. And they did. They waited until after the game, like obviously, and after the Saints had won in the locker room they slimed Sean Payton that is 10 times better than doing uh, a water bucket dump over the head for a win slime the coach hell yes count me in every time I loved 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 it loved it that was the most fun football broadcast I think I might have ever watched even though the game itself was trash and the rest of them you know Pretty good. Washington football team. Can't believe it. They actually put up a fight. They did not just trounce over and die against the Buccaneers. Cause that, like, that genuinely is what a lot of people thought was going to happen. I, I mean, I had money on the football team to win actually, cause that defense and that front seven is nuts. And then I saw Alex Smith wasn't playing and I was like, oh shit changed my bet and said, Alright, Tampa's gonna win now. They did. But the guy who replaced Taylor replaced Alex Smith, Taylor Heineke? Oh my god, he was electric. That man was so much fun to watch. There is a play that he had in the game that captivated all of the America, everyone watching, the entire Twitterverse was just like, pfft, the mind was blown. He takes off, he runs left, and he just sprints, dives from what feels like 10 yards out, mails, smokes the bile on like Superman, and gets a touchdown, and everyone's like, who is this guy? Who, what? You, got, you guys let Dwayne Haskins play? If you had him just chilling in the background, what is going on here? Where did he come from? It was, he was lit. Taylor Heineke, I, I can't believe it, but like he might, he might probably get a second chance with them, and didn't matter because, yeah, it, like the legend is, has grown of Taylor Heineke, but he couldn't pull it off. They couldn't win. Saints. Or Buccaneers 31 Washington 23 yeah. well, It was a fun game It was way more entertaining than anyone thought They covered the spread They kept it somewhat respectable And that is way more than we expected of the Washington football team And that's way more than we expected Dan Snyder that's for sure Keeping it respectable For fuck's sake that man can't do that As for the other ones the One of the closest Colts-Bills that was a good Good game I need someone to explain to me how that was a fumble at the end. If you watch that game, like, someone explain to me how that was overturned. That fumble, like, like that was a fumble. Like, tell me how that, like, someone explain to me how, like, the way that isn't a fumble. Like, I don't get it. At Dylan Ryan FT, please, D-Y-L-A-N, by the way, spell my like, that's how the name is spelled. Please, I don't get it. But it didn't matter. Josh Allen has a hose. He has phenomenal legs, oddly enough. The dude can run. It's kind of wild. But you don't realize it because he throws the ball so damn well and he threw it all down the uh, down the Colts' throats. Buffalo gets their first playoff win in 25 years. No one circles the wagons like the Buffalo Bills. Now, we got... Bills next week, and they gotta play the. F- oh, I, who are they playing? The Ravens! The Ravens! Because the Ravens beat the Titans! They, the Ravens defense completely snuffed Derrick Henry. They saw what he did last year, and they're like, please, God, not again. We can't. No. No. No, not again. Please, no. No. And. They held him to, like, 45 yards rushing. It was it was good. And the best thing is, Lamar Jackson got his first playoff win. He silenced the haters on that. And they silenced, the, they silenced the doubters on it a little bit, too. They came back from 10 down. The Ravens aren't built for any kind of comeback. If the Bills go up on them by 14 points, I almost would call the game then. Like, that is... How the Ravens are built. They are built to run the ball, train clock, and make sure that the other team doesn't score. But if they get down, they don't, like, that's, that's not their ML. And they did it. They did it against the Titans and they won. It was great. It was a good game. Another good game. Except, with the Bears, Saints, nine, nine Bears, Saints, 21. Nickelodeon game though. Lit. Browns Steelers, the Browns exercised 15 years of demons on the Steelers in that one game. They were up 28-0 in the first quarter. They scored on the first play when they snap one over Big Ben's head and I had straight flashbacks to Super Bowl 47. I had just destroyed flashbacks to win the ball yeeted itself over Peyton Manning's head against the Seahawks in the Super Bowl. And damn, it almost started to look like it. It looked like it was about to be an absolute trouncing. It then somehow threw for 500 yards, an NFL record completion, and four touchdowns, and still looked like shit. And it was because of the four picks like, he just looked bad. He looks ancient. I don't know if this is his last game. I get it. Like, we're probably going to see some kind of, like... We're going to see some kind of offseason, like, talk from him. Where he's like, mm, I have to talk with my family. I got to discuss all of this. We don't know where my future's headed. It's like, dude, Ben, you're just looking for a headline grab. Like, what are you doing? We don't care about, like... Are you coming... Like, you're 38... You walk in. A, you're in a walking boot every other week. You had to tell us that you were addicted to porn and masturbating over the off season. Like, dude, just tell us: Are you gonna play next year, or are you not? Then just call it good. That's all we need. And he, and the Browns just flattened him. It looked it looked like they were just taking out all the anger of all the past years of Browns players and fans in that one first quarter. And they did it without their head coach. And what was great is that Stefan and Jesus, what? Right, try him. Steven Kostansky, whatever, the Browns head coach, he had a statement. That said, after watching this from home, I finally have an appreci- true appreciation for all the fans at home who have zero control over the game. <laughs> and I'm like, Finally You're telling me you got it. All of us armchair coaches at home, he finally got a he got a taste of our medicine. He knows what it's like. And thank God needed that. Needed that little bit of just empathy from the coaches. Maybe, maybe then he'll look and be like, mm, "It's second and ten. We haven't been running the ball. If I run the ball here, the fans are going to be livid." Maybe I should pass because the analytics also tell me I should fucking pass. I'm talking to you, Pat Shermer, but the Browns were able to win their playoff game and also their first playoff game in I don't know how long that one is Boy, it's fucking forever obviously and good for you Cleveland fans like I'm proud of you you deserve this one you've sat through pain, suffering, and hell for years you've earned this one Baker Mayfield looks legit the running game is unreal it looks like you're on to it looks good unfortunately you gotta play the Chiefs next week and you're probably gonna get your ass cheeks clapped but, maybe not. I mean, if you can sack Patrick Mahomes a lot, and it's anyone's game. Any given Sunday, or in this case, potentially Saturday, whenever they play. And then the last wild card game, Ram Seahawks. What if I told you that Russell Wilson can't fucking cook? And also that he's not gonna be on the in the next round of the playoffs. Like my mind hasn't comprehended that you almost kind of expect Russell Wilson to at least advance past the wild card. I don't know what it is. You just kind of expect it, but the man can't cook anymore. Like I don't, he's loaded. He probably has his own personal chef. Why were we letting him cook in the first place? When he, it was all that when the Seahawks were good in the beginning of the year, Defense weren't playing them right. Like they had one safety over the top. They were single covering man on DK Metcalf. And then, everyone wise up, like, yo, we got to double guard that guy. He's met, like, he's, he's a fucking Decepticon. We have to. And then they did, and it, it took away the Seattle Seahawks ability to do anything. So then they tried to just pass it more and more. And that, it was like adding way too much salt in the recipe. Like Russell could, couldn't cook that much. That was the real issue. He was like cooking way too much. It was like cooking a full blown banquet when his only skill is to cook for just himself. So the Seahawks end up losing that one. Russell throws a pick six on a wide receiver screen, which is, did not happen once this entire year until he did it. And they lose 30-20 to 20 to the Rams. And Scott Wolford was the starting quarterback for the Rams. Unfortunately, he had to leave the game due to an injury. And then Jared Goff came in. And he played and beat them. He didn't look good doing it. But he was able to manage the team well enough on a surgically repaired thumb that has only had 12 days to recover. Now I don't know if he's going to be able to go into Green Bay in that cold weather and grip a football with that surgically repaired thumb of his on his right hand, but if he can and Aaron Donald can play, I would it, I would be very. I would be very open to betting on the Rams to win that game. I don't I wouldn't be confident in outright declaring it, but I would I would put some money on it because I think it could happen. Aaron Donald is a freak of nature. And if he can get there once again it all comes down to can you get to the quarterback? Because that's the only way that any of these teams have a chance to win in the next round, the underdogs. The Browns only chance to beat the Chiefs is if Miles Garrett can sack Aaron uh, Patrick Mahomes almost every other damn play. Same goes for Aaron Donald on the Rams playing Aaron Rodgers and the Packers. If Aaron Donald can't sack Aaron Rodgers like at least once a quarter, maybe even one like maybe even more, or at least the Rams as a whole, they they're gonna have a very difficult chance of winning. Both of them. And if the and as on the other side, I mean Saints Buccaneers. That game should be played on the fucking history channel, how old those guys are. 41, 43, my god. But it's going to be a great game. Buccaneers are good. I mean... It's, it's, they, they, get, they kept getting better all year. The Saints also kept getting better all year. And the Saints beat the Buccaneers twice already in the regular season. And statistically like when you when it, this is that's happened before like when a team meets in the playoffs and they played twice already in the regular season and the team swept they just win all three of the games like they've done it twice they know what they're doing like it's like coming if it's if it's like a best of five series it's like being down 20 and then the other team winning three in a row essentially but NFL wise because you're doing it in the playoffs it just doesn't happen. It just does not seem to work that way. And then the last probably last and probably one of the more entertaining ones, Ravens Bills. I mean still like I get it. I get Lamar Jackson has like won a playoff game now and you know, he's he's fun, he's electric. Like I'm not gonna not and he seems like a good dude, but like I'm not entirely sold on like him as a whole, as a quarterback. Like a tr- like I he's definitely not a traditional quarterback. He's a running quarterback, like anyone that would mobile doesn't quite describe it. Like when I when most I think when you think of mobile you hear like okay, this guy can move around the pocket and run if needed. Like only if he has to type of deal. And When I look at Lamar Jackson, I'm like, yeah, these, they constantly are scheming him designed runs. Like, and I get that opens up the defense as well, but that no longer makes him like a mobile quarterback. I feel like he's a running quarterback. He's like a, he's like a hybrid. He's like a 50-50. He's like a running quarterback. Like, he's a running back and a quarterback at the exact same time. And that does make him unbelievably dangerous. The only issue is the quarterback side, and this isn't entirely his fault on this side, but he's not—he's not nailing it. He's not doing his best, and partially I will say that's when he because he has Hollywood Brown, who did look pretty good in the playoff game, but he's been spotty. Let's be straight, and that's Bryant—those are his two leading receivers. Otherwise, he's been having to throw to just tight ends and. That's like he needs a bona fide one number one receiver, and I think if he can do it with that as well, because you can't like, then it's going to be impossible for anyone to defend that entire thing. But right now, you can defend it. You just have to get to him as quickly as possible, obviously. And it's just the resounding theme of the playoffs it's how the broncos won at the super bowl in 2015 it's, you get to the quarterback it's the only possible way for any of these teams to win that are underdogs because at this point ravens are the underdogs of that uh bills ravens matchup like the bills look good they are one they are the most fun team in the nfl right now they look they just look like they're having a good time they look like they're out there playing a game they're like that's Let's go out there, score some points, stop the other team, and win this game. It's going to be a good time. It's like they're just just—they're just having a great time, and it's fun to watch, and it makes it fun. I'm so sad that there's not a full, rocking stadium filled to the brim with dildo-thrown Bills Mafia fans. Like, that is the only sad part about the Bills season, and it, it, that's it. I mean, obviously, that's sad to literally everybody, but still. Still. Then on the, I think we're going to have a very, very good weekend for the, uh, for the NFL in the playoffs. It's just going to get better and better. Um, I don't have any bets for this one yet. I'm probably going to end up blogging those. You'll we'll find those on FrazzyTalks.com. Check it out. I'll have it up by Friday because I have to or very early Saturday morning. But we're going to move on into a little bit more business in the NFL and probably get out of here. So, uh, let's get into it real quick. On the NFL side, the Broncos, well, they didn't fire John Elway. In fact, actually, John Elway gave himself a promotion. He, in his he is stepping down from the GM position to take an elevated role and focus primarily on president of football operations. So essentially he gave himself a promotion and he will now hire a GM who can take the blame if anything goes wrong instead of Elway. And Elway still gets to stay with the team, do probably a little less work, take less hours, get more money, and no longer get blamed for when the donkeys look like trash and we have really shitty quarterbacks for years and years. Honestly, ball removed, move, give yourself a promotion, like that's fucking lit, I wish I could do that, that'd be amazing. But that's what L.A. did with the Denver Broncos. As for the rest of the league, the Chargers fired Anthony Lynn after going seven and nine. Yeah, that, we saw that one coming after the amount of fourth quarter leads that guy blew. Like, oh my God, the clock management was astounding. It was mind boggling. It was baffling. There's a million words, and they all lead back to being really fucking bad, really bad decisions. So, Chargers fired Anthony Lynn. And Doug Brown was fired for the Jacksonville Jaguars. Uh Biggest news of it all in the firings was Doug Peterson getting canned from the Philadelphia Eagles less than four years after he won them with their only Super Bowl. What? I mean, I think if you read between the lines here a little bit, I think the reason here is... Doug Peterson really does not like Carson Wentz. And the ownership and the GM really like Carson Wentz. So either Doug Peterson went or the owner and GM would have to cut or trade Carson Wentz who looked like a steaming pile of shit all year and keep their head coach, and they decided to keep the head coach instead of. And or they no, other than that, they decided to keep the quarterback Carson Wentz instead of the head coach Doug Peterson. In reality, considering the owner was the one that made the decision, the chairman and CEO Jeffrey Lurie, who mm, my God, that guy does not seem to have a lick of football intelligence because the head coach is not the issue with the Philadelphia Eagles right now um it's the GM The they have the worst cap space situation by far on an aging roster with a question back a question mark at quarterback and zero wide receivers yeah i mean they'll probably be able to get devonta smith who is a fucking god in the college football national championship on Monday but I mean that team's not good they fired their head coach who wanted to be there to keep a quarterback who looked like trash and now they're going to have a hell of a time convincing anyone to be the head coach of that dumpster fire and work for that GM who has now been through four head coaches in eight years, that is bad. Mm-mm, wait, ten? It's it's a range between eight years and ten years. Either way, it is not a good look. At some point, the Eagles ownership is gonna have to sit down, look at themselves in the mirror, and be like, "Yo, we fucked up. We fucked up bad." We should have fired this GM years ago. Holy fuck. How did we not notice how bad he was at drafting? He let Justin Jefferson go. Holy shit. We should have fired him that day. Until then, man. They they should hire Adam Gase and let that man blow that entire organization to hell. And rebuild it from the ground up. And let's see who else was fired in the NH, or NFL. Bob Quinn was fired. Or hmm, sorry. Bill O'Brien, Dan Quinn both fired. Bill O'Brien, Texans and uh Texans head coach and GM fired duh. Like that should have happened. That should have happened The day after the DeAndre Hopkins trade, or it should have happened, preferably for every Texans fan. The day before, if like if Bill O'Brien had to go to someone to okay that trade, just him bringing that trade to my desk if I were the owner would be fireable offense. To trade away DeAndre Hopkins for David Johnson in a second round pick I would be you. if you're not joking then you're fired so tell me you're joking so Bill O'Brien he's out he was out of the Texans in week 5 he's been gone Dan Quinn of the Falcons he's out I mean you can't fire a guy after blowing a lead in the Super Bowl even if it is historic because it got you to the Super Bowl But that was, that writing was on the wall and it was definitely coming. Um, who else? Oh, Adam Gase, duh. I mean, one, the only, I think the only reason that Adam Gase made it to the end of the season and was not fired earlier was because he was actually the perfect head coach for what the Jets needed at the time and what they needed was the first overall pick. He was doing a perfect job for so long of losing and losing and losing in more and more ridiculous ways and unfathomable miserable ways for Jets fans. And that's what the front office needed. They needed a guy who people thought was a genius for some stupid fucking reason to keep saying stupid things like I'm going to take this offense into uh, hyperdrive and tank the Jets while still looking like they were trying their fucking best and then he won two games and now they have the second pick and the Jacksonville Jaguars get to have the first overall pick he actually ended up fucking it up for them they won two games in the year he won two games in another game here. Like, that was unfathomable to so many people. The Jets winning a game, let alone two, and then two in a row to boot? The issue is you can't fire someone after winning a game. The Jets can't be like, hey, so right now we're sitting at 0-13. You lose the sixth game, you you keep your job and if you win the next game you lose your job like they can't do that that culture would be destroyed and forever decimated it's not like Adam Gase was good for the culture or anything like that by any means the guy's an idiot and has psychopath eyes like not even positive he's human he wrote it all of his success off the coattails of Peyton Manning buffoon the Eagles should totally hire him. Blow up the franchise, let them start all over, and maybe they can build something new and great. There's just a lot, a lot of firings. Black Monday was a hell of a day, and uh, we're just going to keep getting... We got a couple more weeks of football left. There's no more college football. That's over. We just got this. We got the divisional round, the conference championship, in the Super Bowl. That's it. Division, conference, Super Bowl. And then the long haul of no football is finally upon us. But uh, it doesn't matter because we got hockey back anyway, so we're going to be able to cruise right into the off season for both of those, have a little bit of a nice stretch where maybe we can uh, follow into golf or something like that. And then we start up hockey and football back up again anyways. We're golden. We're in a great sweet spot. Life is good. The NHL is back and the playoffs are on for the NFL. It's beautiful. And with that, we're going to take off. Thanks for tuning in, guys. We'll see, uh, I'm going to say, next week. Fuck it.